Many, many politicians ran on a promise of more mental health for Nevada in the 2022 election cycle. And look, more isn't necessarily a high bar since we rank last or near last in the nation on most mental health indices. But why? And how could the mental health bills currently being discussed in the legislature help? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we welcome back Dr. Jim Jobin. He's a psychotherapist and co-host of Pod Therapy. Dr. Jim explains which bills are the bare minimum and what a real revolution in mental health care would look like. It's Thursday, March 9th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Super happy to have our friend and fellow podcaster, Dr. Jim Jobin, back to CityCast Las Vegas. Dr. Jim, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to get reinvited. It's a big win. Let's get a baseline, Dr. Jim. What is the state of mental health treatment in Southern Nevada right now? And maybe some high points and also the low points. The high point of Nevada mental health is at the depth of Mariana's Trench. Um, We are the least ranked state in the country, a decade and longer running. There is no good news. No good news. Dr. Jim, you got to find some good news. All is lost, David. (laughs) The Armageddon has come. That's what I want to talk about today is, you know, there are some mental health bills that are being discussed, but the real scandal is the absence of mental health bills, despite every elected official all the way up to the governor strongly saying on the record, Mental health is a top legislative priority. And yet here we go again with nothing getting done. Okay, and I want to do a deep dive with you on that for sure. But there have to be some like shining lights in our community. I I personally like to think that you're one of our shining lights in the community. But (laughs) if you can maybe hit like some of the bigger institutional or operational successes in our community, at least what we have so far, that might be fair. So we have great Nevadans, right? And so we do have those who are striving, trying to make a difference. We have two great colleges in our state that are trying to produce more and more professionals. There are conversations that are happening that are meaningful, that can help you know move the, the needle forward. But the truth is, if you look at it statistically, Nevada continues to struggle in some pretty meaningful ways, and this is why our infrequently meeting legislature has a lot of work to do. I mean, some Nevada realities are there is not a county in the state of Nevada that does not meet the emergency shortage declaration definition of the federal government for mental health providers. So we just have too few providers, and then among those providers, too few of us are taking insurances for many reasons. And so it's hard to find a therapist when you need one or a provider. It's also hard to get coverage for care, and so it's unaffordable for many people. Well, generally speaking, I think most people get behind the idea that there should be more mental health facilities in Las Vegas and that they should be effective for the treatment of the many emotional and behavioral challenges Las Vegans face. But what does that look like, Dr. Jim? So the shortage of personnel is our key problem. 
uh, we do not produce enough licensed professionals. A lot of people don't know this. It, it takes about 10 years to become a licensed therapist. You get your bachelor's, you've got to do three years of grad school, you've got to do three more years of postgraduate internship, and then you're finally licensed. It's a long incubation process to get those folks, and we don't make enough of them here. We, we have a program at UNLV that produces some clinicians. We have a program at UNR, um, but a lot of our clinicians leave the state. And so even the ones that we make that are homegrown, they leave. And there's reasons for that. The biggest one is that it's a very hard state to practice in. Mm. Um, it's a hard place to make a living. A lot of that has to do with insurance companies really having a very interesting influence over the legislature that's really outsized and, and not compatible with what the citizenry want or what the you know elected officials campaign on whenever they're speaking to the community. There are a lot of different populations in Las Vegas that would benefit, obviously, from better mental health uh, access and treatment. I want to talk about a couple of specific populations, or at least one, unsheltered people who we may around the valley see acting very erratically on the streets who appear to be in emergency situations. What would the nuts and bolts of a better system to help those folks look like? So when it comes to folks that are at the homeless level, that's where you are going to rely a lot on emergency services. And so unfortunately, those folks, the only care they usually get on mental health is emergency care, right? Because part of mental health is also basic human needs being met. And fortunately, there is a good conversation happening about homeless bill of rights and more homeless support. When people have those basic needs, some food, some shelter, some stability, now they can get to a place where we can get them into regular care. We can get them with psychiatry. We can get them the medicines they need. That population is so at risk because they have the double trouble and sometimes the triple challenge of also addiction as they try to self-medicate chronic and severe mental illness. So it is a tough nut to crack. We need more resources at the ground level. But what we also sometimes forget about is that mental health and, and the deficiencies of our system permeate every neighborhood in Nevada. It's a suburban problem. It's a city problem. Mental illness is not just the guy that looks like ZZ Top on the side of the road. It's your school teacher. It's your lawyer. It's your doctor. It, it's, it's the mom and dad who you know live across the street from you. It's every Nevadan. And this has become such a stark problem in our community, which is why we're ranked 51st in the nation, especially when it comes to children's access to mental health care providers, we have a big, huge deficiency across the spectrum. And the good news is that the Nevada legislature does have a few bills that I'm happy to share about today that, that are hopeful, that are pointing in the right direction. Um, but there's a yawning gap between what we're getting and what we need and what was promised. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. 
the net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. So what are the most vital measures being discussed in the Nevada legislature right now? So, and again, I want to I want to portray this as these are good. <laughs> these these need to happen. Um, but the way I see them is they are keep the lights on measures. These are things that must pass that should just get done, but they're not the revolution that we need. But here's a few that I think people should keep track of that are important. Um, Senate Bill 119 is an important one. This one ensures that people can continue to see a therapist via telehealth, um, which is the way that I see most of my patients, which is via Zoom. This has made a big difference for Nevada, especially in the rural districts, making sure that what care there is can be accessed. And basically, this bill just closes a, an expiration date that a previous legislature had put on that measure um, because the telehealth permission had been given during the COVID era. So this kind of allows that to continue, which it must pass. This is important. Everybody should support that. Another one is Assembly Bill 138. This is innovative a little bit. It, this allows something called integrative behavioral health care at your primary doctor for Medicaid patients. What that means is that when you walk into your regular doctor's office, let's say you got a scratchy throat, you need some antibiotics. While you're there, they will have a therapist on site in case there's anything else going on. If, if in case during that meeting with your doctor, you mentioned that you've been having anxiety lately or depression, they don't just say, oh, well, good luck with that. <laughs> they can say, oh, well, come over here to this other room where we have a therapist on site and now we can help you with that. Well, I, I want to break that one down for a second because not every primary care physician in Las Vegas, in fact, I think very few, have an on-site mental health professional. And yet yeah. it probably does come up during screenings and stuff. So how does this bill allow that to occur if the primary care physician wants it? Uh, because I think right now what would happen for any thoughtful primary care physician would be to do a referral. Right. I mean, that seems right. to be the system now. So how does AB 138 alter that or make it more streamlined or better? The reason why most primary clinics don't do this is because there's usually rules that say you can't bill an insurance for two different kinds of care on the same day at the same facility. And insurances do that to stop cost, but also because they're afraid of getting spammed for 50 different bills in one building. Right. Mm. So Medicaid rules in Nevada have specifically not allowed this kind of care to exist. AB 138 specifically unlocks Medicaid money to permit this to happen. So this is not going to make it so that every doctor's office across the state suddenly starts doing integrated behavioral health care. It is only going to make it so that clinics that do Medicaid work can now start offering that. Okay. And this is an example of a step forward, but it's also part of why I, I lament saying it's not enough. If the, if the Nevada legislature wanted to do big change, they would write the same bill, but have it say, this is now required. All insurances must cover this, and this would incentivize all providers to hire therapists at their site and start delivering behavioral health care at the first point of contact. So that's what I mean when I say it needs to go further, but it is a step in the right direction. Okay, so AB 138 is tied in with some Medicaid rules and maybe closing a gap. Uh, are there other Medicaid-oriented bills that are working their way through the legislature? 
There are. And, and so another one that's important is Senate Bill 177. And this one also closes a gap. And, and this is a very important gap to close. This allows for people that have severe mental illnesses to get access to psychiatric medications that are on the stronger side. So like your antipsychotics. Historically, Medicaid doesn't always want to authorize those kinds of things. And so this now closes that gap and says, okay, Nevada Medicaid, we're covering this. This is an at-risk population. You talked earlier about those folks that are homeless, that are dealing with very, very big things. A lot of times they suffer because they cannot be provided those big medicines that they need because those medicines are expensive. Hmm. So this bill, Senate Bill 177, makes it so that this can be covered. Psychiatric medicines can be provided to those that need them, even if they're expensive and they're antipsychotic in nature, okay. which is a really big step in the right direction. The only other bill that I would have to comment on that I think is useful is Assembly Bill 69. And this one wants to expand student loan forgiveness so that we can uh, increase the amount of healthcare providers we have in the state, specifically mental health. But again, it's one of those bills that doesn't go far enough. It only budgets for 30 people. <laughs> so once we've, you know, attracted 30 providers, we're done. Wow. <laughs> we need thousands. <laughs> Is that something that Nevada has done in the past? Limit the amount of incentive to a cap like 30 people that seems short-sighted it's a low number yeah and and you got to figure if you if you just assume the average mental health provider has about a hundred thousand dollars in loans i mean every 10 is a million bucks right and so there's only so much money in a pot to forgive you know these loans to incentivize providers to come to the state and serve the at need uh populations it is a step in a good direction but this is why when we started the conversation, you said, hey, Jim, what's the status? And I said, oh, all is lost, David. <laughs> it's because I want our legislature to do something big, to do something meaningful. These four bills I've talked about, keep the lights on. They're, they're meaningful. They got to get done. Um, but it's not going to change the future of the state. I think, Jim, on, on that last one, getting more people into the system is something a lot of people are talking about. I do recall reading in the Nevada Current uh, very recently that there was a broader measure, I think it was SB 146, to require insurance companies to accept otherwise qualified healthcare providers into their system. And immediately as it was sort of introduced, there was a step back saying, oh, well, it's it has no chance yep. of passing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as it was brought into daylight, uh, the insurance lobbyists reached up their collective hands and Senator Lang immediately walked it back and said, just kidding. I don't want to do anything like that. This is the big, deep secret. This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of bill that we need. So 35 states in the country have what's called an any willing provider law on their books. And basically what an any willing provider law says is, hey, we have a deficiency of healthcare providers in this area. So I'll tell you what, if you're a licensed provider in our state, every insurance just has to cover you. And that way, every patient, there's no wrong door. They can make a phone call. They can say, hey, are you a therapist? Are you taking new patients? Yes, I am. Great. I'm going to start working with you. Deal's done. <laughs> the, in the insurance will cover it. That's what an any willing provider law says. 35 states in the country have them. Nevada doesn't. We've tried to get this several times. In 2015, 
a law like this had bipartisan support, and then it was killed by the insurance lobbies. Here we are again in 2023. Senator Lang has su supported SB 146, immediately started walking it back and said, never mind, this is just going to have something to do with medical schools instead. But this is the kind of measure that we need. We need one of these remaining bill draft requests that are still unwritten to take the shape of an any willing provider law for mental health. Such a thing would ensure that every person in Nevada can call any available mental health provider and they are guaranteed to be able to see that person for their insurance, whatever it is to just work and for every single therapist to be covered and enrolled with insurances if they operate in Nevada. That's something big. That's what we need. Okay. So clearly, Dr. Jim, from your perspective, insurance companies, and I would imagine their bottom line are a big barrier for the Democrat-led legislature to enact some of these very important measures. Are there other barriers that are out there? Yeah. I mean, the biggest barrier, honestly, and I, I know this sounds cynical and jaded, it, it is the insurance lobbies. Because we have a part-time Nevada legislature, we don't have a professional uh, capital, right, where we just always have lawmakers always making laws. So our people rush up to the Capitol for like 120 days and they all try to learn how to write laws and do things. They rely very heavily on the professional lobbyist class to help draft laws and to do good faith discussion about what the state needs. The insurance lobby basically owns Nevada, and, and this is why it's been a real problem where we've had these bills proposed over and over and over again, and the insurance lobby promises the legislators, look, if you do this, you will destroy the market of insurances in our state, which is a very difficult thing to say. It's just not true. Yeah, and I, I hear that. I hear that as the complaint. It's like, oh, well, big insurance owns the legislature, but I mean, there have to be doctors like yourself others who are interested in these sort of social health interests on the other side that are also contributors to legislators who are up there with lobbyists who are pushing. So why does one outweigh the other? I mean, what's your thought about that? I think that we're all busy. You know, I mean, whenever you're talking about a state that has the fewest mental health professionals in the nation per capita, I'm busy. I can't go to Carson City. And, and we don't have political muscle, our, our medical groups and our speciality groups, we don't really have lobbyists. We don't really have a lot of say. And it's interesting because if you remember back in 2015, the legislature created these uh, regional behavioral health policy boards. And this was really a big step saying, we're going to ask the communities what they want. And we're going to have these boards of stakeholders and professionals and clinicians um, tell us the BDR, tell us the bill draft request that they want written. I was on the Clark County board in 2017, and we had one bullet in our gun, one bill draft request that we were going to write. And we wanted to write an any willing provider law. And this was in 2017 to bring to the legislature. And we got stopped by insurance lobbyists who were put on our board, <laughs> who actually overruled the majority of our board uh, by getting the chairperson to not hear uh, the proposal. And, and it died right there. It never even got to the Nevada legislature for a vote. So yeah, it's a pretty serious deep bench of, of uh, anti-support that gets this stuff stopped. But I, I do want to share good news. I mean, the good news is 
Mental health has been more popular in Nevada than ever before. More of our elected officials have said they want action on this than ever before. And even as I share this with you today, half of the bill draft requests have yet to be written into official bills. And Assemblywomen Gorlo, Torres, Newby, Assemblyman Carter, and Senator Seavers all have designated bill draft requests that they have earmarked for mental or behavioral health. So we could still see great things if we could get a hold of those folks and encourage them to do something big and bold. Something could still be possible in this 2023 legislative session. Right. Of course, the clock is ticking for new bills to be proposed. Dr. Jim, you use the expression, keep the lights on bare minimum bills in referring to the the few that are in there right now. What do dream mental health bills look like for 2023 that's going to help us in Las Vegas? So we need a bill that's going to bring more clinicians to our state, encourage clinicians to stay. And we need a bill that's going to make it so that every citizen can get affordable access to a therapist. And the only bill that I can think of that would really accomplish that in a big way would be, as 35 other states have produced, an any willing provider law similar to what Senator Lang attempted. And in Senate Bill 146 was not for mental health. That was for general physicians. And so, you know, that was a big bill. I mean, it would basically show that anything in healthcare is open season on every every insurance. So I can understand why it got pushed back, but there needs to be a compromise. We have been in a state of emergency with mental health for over a decade in the state. The insurances know that, the senators and, and assembly people know that, our citizens know that. There's room for a very tightly scoped bill that says, look, only when it comes to mental health, every person in Nevada can see any provider in Nevada for mental health care, and those providers will be covered, be paid by the insurance. We can make this work. I think there's room for compromise on this. BDRs are those bill draft uh, requests that are working their way through the system. So maybe there's still time for mental health. Their hopes and dreams, David, they could be anything. Oh, all about. (laughs) And we'll interpret those dreams next time. Dr. Jim Joven here on CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, man, thanks again for coming in and sharing your thoughts on this obviously very pressing issue for our community. Thank you for having me again. And here's a microdose of news. Dieter, you know, the Nevada Unemployment Agency, is back in the news, and per usual, it's not good news. It turns out Nevada paid out more than $1.4 billion, with the B, in improper jobless benefits during the pandemic, according to legislative testimony this week. Some of that was due to fraud, some to overpayments. A portion of that the state is going to try to claw back. And in real estate weirdness, Siegfried and Roy's former jungle palace named for, well, use your imagination. What do you think a compound for two freaky magicians and their big cats would look like? That house is on the market. But before you bid, take note, the 8,750 square foot property apparently has only two bedrooms. So you might have trouble fitting in all those roommates you'll need for the asking price of $3 million. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Do you think better mental health has a shot in Las Vegas? Did you learn something new? 
Well, let us know. Give us a call at 702-514-0719. Then share this episode with a friend. You can help us reach new ears and it matters so much. Then rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. I mean, Nevada has lots of problems. You know, I'm going to stay in my lane. Oh, do I, they, Jim? I try to be the Lorax of mental health. I want to speak for the trees on this.